0: This is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update Podcast. This is part of an ongoing series featuring critical insights from the physicians and healthcare professionals on the front lines of the pandemic. Hello, this is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 update. Today we're talking to Dr. Diane George, Chief Medical Officer of Henry Ford Medical Group Primary Care in Sterling Heights, Michigan, about her health system's innovative approach to telehealth during the pandemic. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Uh, Dr. George, we've seen the... Use of telehealth rapidly increased, obviously, during the pandemic. I'd love to learn more about the growth uh, specifically that Henry Ford has seen uh, over this past year.
1: Well, Todd, there's nothing like a crisis uh, to create change, and that's what happened with Henry Ford. So in 2019, we did a total of just over 10,000 video visits through our, our whole medical group, um, which, which encompasses all of Southeast Michigan. Um, and then the pandemic hit, and it really hit us hard mid-March, as you probably um, know. So in March, we ramped up our video visits to 13,000, and then we peaked in May at 92,000. So uh, all those naysayers that didn't like the idea of doing a video visit and thought that maybe a video visit wasn't high-quality medicine became believers overnight, um, and we had a great boom uh, in terms of the numbers. In fact, they're staying high, really, at this point.
0: That's why I'm curious, like when you think about just kind of a, the percentage of visits, so to speak, uh, in telehealth, do you see that kind of leveling out, increasing? What's your kind of view of the future there?
1: I, I truthfully don't think that it'll stay where it is with the pandemic, but it's never going to dip back to where it was. So Because so many people tried telemedicine and realized that it was easier than they thought and they liked it more than they thought. Uh, but we're going to probably settle into something that's very reasonable where people can be seen virtually when it's appropriate and can be seen in person when it's appropriate and maybe something like a, a 30 or 40 percent virtual and the rest in person, maybe 50 50 even someday uh, as the technologies improve.
0: I know I personally really like the flexibility of having telehealth appointments with my physicians, um, but uh, obviously there are limitations as to what can, you know, can be done uh, in a virtual visit like that. Can you talk a little bit about the challenges that you've learned uh, over the past year with telehealth?
1: Yeah, ab- absolutely. So, you know, one of the biggest challenges with COVID was just this idea of replacing in-person with virtual, and it was less than ideal in many situations. So, for example, sending somebody for a neurology consult, well, this usually entails a very detailed exam. When you only have video, you have to get much many of your clues from the person's uh, facial expressions, their tone of voice. You need to be a very astute history taker. Um, and sometimes that can be a less than satisfying visit if, if it was something that really did uh, require an exam. Um, so so on, on the other hand, um, uh, it was the best we could do at the time, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's where we landed. And most of the patients or doctors who are, have concerns about uh, virtual care in the past, it was really about that lack of having a physical exam.
0: Well, Dr. George, obviously there are limitations there and there's been a big learning curve, but uh, Henry Ford is moving ahead and you're using kind of new technology that can help address some of those challenges. Will you give us more background on what's happening?
1: Absolutely, so um, we have uh, discovered this device um, that allows for a virtual exam. And we actually discovered this um, some time ago and started moving forward Uh, But when the pandemic hit, um, our strategy moved even faster. So we started by having paramedics go into the home and actually do these virtual visits. Um, uh, They could examine and do treatments. They're still doing this actually. And then use use a device uh, to transmit an exam to a physician who would be on the screen by video. We've taken that even further now because there's a home version of the device that an individual can use themselves. And uh, the device is very small, fits in the palm of your hand, has really very good navigation. It's very easy to use, has little um, elements that help to change that, you know, so you can change the exam. Um, And uh, so we're using that in the home now. People can purchase that. Um, They can then connect up with their physician, do the navigation on the screen with their smartphone. Um, and be able to get very high quality exam um, using that device.
0: So can you give a little more background on the, you know, these kinds of kits or that you're equipping patients with, what's, what's in them?
1: So in the kit um, is a device that looks like this. This, is, this kit will have navigation on the screen. Um, it comes with uh, attachments for heart and lungs, uh, an attachment to look in the ears and nose and, and there's another attachment that a tongue depressor attaches to to be able to do a throat exam. It also has a dermoscope, but quite frankly, you don't really need it because the, uh, the optics on this are so good that our doctors say they can see a rash better with the device than they can with their own eyes. Um, it, similarly, the, the view that you get of a tympanic membrane or of the oropharynx is better than what you see when the patient's there in person. Every doctor that sees this on a screen, basically their their jaw drops because of how great the picture is. Uh, so it really is for anything that ne- needs ears, nose, throat, heart, lungs, skin. It's it's awesome, and then there are additional um, um, capabilities as well, such as Bluetooth connection with blood pressure, um, a Bluetooth connection for um, for weight for weight. Um, and then an additional attachment uh, that can be purchased separately to do pulse oximetry.
0: Well, I have to say, that's a bit of a mind blower. You know, we talk a lot about home monitoring. Yes. Uh, but I haven't seen this kind of diagnostic equipment apply to this. How, you know, you mentioned like the quality of this. This has got to be a surprise to physicians.
1: Uh, yes, it, it is a surprise. And this gets uh, this gets patients and physicians past that hurdle of, I can't. Do an exam or the doctor's not doing an exam well the doctor is is because they can they can see all the things or almost all the things they would if, if a person was present um in the office not everything you can't palpate an out al- abdomen you know there uh, you can't check reflexes there are certain things you can't do but uh, it, you can check out somebody who has congestive heart failure you, you can take um, minor uh, ears nose and throat complaints the kinds of things that people have all the time uh, so it is quite mind blowing, and it and it, um, it's when physicians use it and patients use it and realize how easy it is, um, then 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 we have them hooked.
0: Medicine doesn't stand still, and at the AMA, neither do we. AMA members are physicians like you who are shaping the future of medicine. Become a member today and join the movement. Visit ama-assn.org/slash. Moving Medicine. Curated from more than 3,000 major newspapers, magazines, and journals, the AMA Morning Rounds newsletter delivers the top stories in healthcare right to your inbox Monday through Friday. Subscribe today and check out all the AMA's free newsletters at ama-assn.org/myinbox. That's ama-assn.org/myinbox. Well, uh-huh. before we before I ask about the patient experience part of this, when you when you think about physicians, obviously this is a big systemic change to yes. accommodate something like this. How how are they responding? You know, beyond the quality part of this, is this something that? Is is a better part uh, or, you know, an enrichment to the day or is it a challenge? How is it viewed?
1: You know, our our doctors, uh, well, let me back up and say we we started with our MyCare On Demand physicians. So this is a group of physicians who do video visits on demand. We trained up that group so that any patient who has the device can do an on demand visit with anybody in that group. Um, and as we roll out to the primary care physicians, as more and more of them get trained, they, they just see the possibilities. In fact, uh, they see the possibilities once they hear about it um, be, because they think of those patients, well, the, the elderly patient who had to move up north with their daughter or son but still wants to have their primary care physician in our area. How can they, how can they um, still connect? Um, so they see a lot of possibilities. Mm-hmm. Families with children, our pediatricians are over the moon about it.
0: How are, how are your patients adapting to this? Was there a big learning curve for them? Uh,
1: there really isn't. So what we found is that the as long as you have a smartphone and it could, can, can be iOS or, or um, Android, uh, the navigation is very easy. So the most important thing is that people actually um, activate the device so that when they're ready to use it, it's ready to go. Because typically, if they if if you don't if they don't activate the device uh, when they need it, they will go back to their old pattern. Oh, I'll just run to the urgent care or whatever. So we have a team of people that help help folks get started, uh, get their device activated and registered, et cetera.
0: And, how do how do you see you know uh, you know in kind of closing the ramifications of something like this, where we would have said maybe there might have been limitations to how much uh, telehealth could help in the in the existing paradigm. This obviously is going to open that up more. You know, how else do you see the impact of something like this on healthcare going forward? Oh,
1: I think it's it's really endless. Um, so I th- think in terms of sort of buckets of individuals, so people with families with acute problems uh, where they might have gone to an urgent care or they might have gone to the ED in the middle of the night. People who have transportation issues uh, that uh, or can't miss work or things like that, um, those folks with minor complaints, one, one device can be used for the whole family, so they pay for it once and uh, there isn't any additional cost. Um, they can also use, uh, get reimbursed through their health savings account or flexible spending, so um, that is helpful. Another bucket of people are those are, are, are folks who are, uh, are more at risk for readmission to the hospital. And by equipping those folks with this kind of a device and teaching them how to use it, they can have more frequent touch points with their physician that are more meaningful touch points than just uh, a voice on the phone or a video on the screen. Uh, So it's helping with decreasing readmission, it's helping to keep people out of the emergency department. Um, And then another group of people would be people with more issues with social determinants of health. Um, And if if we can find ways to get these kinds of devices in the hands of of people um, who have more trouble getting in or more trouble with with, uh, uh, affording care or finances, I think that that's um, ideally very helpful as well.
0: Well, so obviously uh, uh, access to care is a big benefit here. When you you think about how far you've come in the last year, that's a lot of innovation for a year. On your kind of innovation roadmap, kind of going forward? What do you see as kind of the next steps?
1: I see uh, more integration with our electronic health record and more integration with devices. So where most electronic health records are really, we call them that, but they're really electronic medical records. Um, I I think for people to own their own care more, the devices need to be more seamlessly uh, integrated with our health record. The information needs to be more easily sortable and available to the physician and, and, and a, in a meaningful way as well as to the patient in a meaningful way. So I think that that's, that's one of the, air, the areas that will improve. So that's for the well folks. But additionally, I think you'll see this more of this, this integration of the home monitoring um, with the home visits um, that are done virtually.
0: Well, it's pretty exciting. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, being here to give your perspective and a preview of what's going on at the Henry Ford Health System. Thank uh, you. Thanks for uh, so much for joining us today, Dr. George. Uh, we'll be back with another segment shortly. In the meantime, for additional resources on COVID-19, visit ama-assn.org slash COVID-19. Thanks for joining us, please take care. This content was originally published as part of the AMA's COVID-19 daily video updates. Find the latest at ama-assn.org slash COVID update. Subscribe to other great AMA podcasts available wherever you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thank you for listening.